0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater. My name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And we're coming at you on Monday, June 4th, or at least that's when we're recording this. It's the day of the uh, uh, Major League Baseball draft and
1: we're coming at you with a little mini so this week. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, in between games right now, so um, yeah, just uh, doing something to uh, fill that gap. And uh, yeah, draft day. So we're going to be talking about uh, that a little bit, but... uh, the main crux of our episode, uh, we, we we talked about it, we, we uh, touched on it last sem- uh, last uh, episode, but uh, we're going to be talking about baseball bucket list.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so we're pretty excited about that. We got some good stuff for you. Uh, but first, let's touch on the draft a little bit. Uh, actually, well, before we get to that, um, I understand that we had somebody who was maybe grilling out some Johnsonville
1: chorizos that you know, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Listener uh, Ben uh, contacted us, and uh, he let us know that... Um, uh, Johnsonville does in fact make chorizos, mm-hmm. uh, chorizo sausages. Um, it still doesn't change the fact that they didn't have them in the stadium. Right. Um, so, so there's that. So they need to, they, they need to get them in the stadium. I was actually wondering if they started making them specifically because they got this brewers contract and they needed a chorizo. Cause I don't ever remember seeing a Johnsonville chorizo before, uh, listener Ben contacted us
0: yeah well I I will be interested to hear uh, Ben's feedback on uh, the chorizo and if he liked it Uh, and I mean I know Jeremy you said you liked your brat so uh, who knows maybe Johnsonville is uh, doing some good things
1: yeah I mean I'm a fan of the better cheddars like it's kind of like it's kind of like a low brow sausage like because there's there's cheese injected into it but uh it's pretty good. I like, uh, you know, for a quick for a quick uh, sausage. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's. I think he's grilling him right now. He said so. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll touch base with him and uh, and get a review.
0: Well, uh, there was some exciting news in the uh, Wisconsin amateur baseball front. Uh, Jared Kalinick, uh was drafted by the Mets, uh, number six overall, which is the highest any uh, high school player has ever been taken from Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, they were making a big deal about that, the, the fact that he was from Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, that's and that, that's cool. Um, I think the uh, the previous high was a uh, guy got taken number 11 by the uh, Minnesota Twins back in 1979. But uh, so oddly enough, so first of all, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to follow Kalinic and see if he, uh, you know, see, see where he goes, what he does. Uh, there's, you know, not a lot of high draft picks from Wisconsin because you can't, play baseball year-round in Wisconsin, so that's not where a lot of the really hot prospects come from. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that uh, you know his family owns a sports complex, so he was probably able to play year-round there. But uh, the interesting thing is, so I was reading an article about this guy in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, okay. and uh, so they listed all of the uh, previous first-round draft picks from Wisconsin, and there had not been many. Okay. But there was one player who was drafted in 1970 uh, from Nathan Hale High School in West Dallas, Wisconsin- Ooh which is where my dad and mom went to high school and met. Really interesting. Uh, unless, unless I'm mistaken about that. So, he, uh, this guy, gra- his name was Gary Polzinski. He was oh. drafted by the Cincinnati Reds 15th overall in 1970. Now, if you were drafted by the Reds in 1970, <clears throat> that's no joke. The yeah. Reds won 102 games in 1970, and this guy was their first-round draft pick yeah. in that year. Um, so, he graduated in 1970. Uh, my dad was born in 53, which would probably put him at about 1971. For right. graduating. So these guys must have gone to high school together. I mean, it, unless I'm mistaken about where my dad went to high school, they yeah. must have gone to high school together. So in all the years yeah, I've talked about baseball with my dad, he's never mentioned that he went to high school with a first round draft pick. <laughs> so interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to see him on Thursday and I'm going to, I'm going to bring that up to him and see, you know, whether I was just mistaken about where he went to high school or, you know, if he went to high school with this guy, uh, Uh, So I'll get you the update for that on the next podcast. Uh, So follow that closely. I did look up this guy on baseball reference. Uh, He played about four years in the minor leagues. I think 73 or 74 was his last year. He hit 193 for his minor league career. So the guy just, he got up there. I think he was a shortstop second baseman, kind of a middle infielder. He got to the minor leagues and just didn't hit at all.
1: Maybe he was just in it to get like the autographs from like you know the big red machine. Like he's, <laughs> he he passed the ball around, got Rose, Morgan, uh, you know George Foster, and then he was like out.
0: Yeah bench. Um, <laughs> yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah. And you know I had wondered too. Like you know they probably brought him to Cincinnati and had him meet the players. At least yeah. that's what they do now. They have him always take batting practice at the stadium or yeah, something like exactly. that. So uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, maybe I will...
1: Rose got into his head or something and like <laughs> messed with them. Like,
0: you're not you're not fit to be on this team. Meet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will uh, I will ask my dad about that and we. Will get you an update
1: well that's funny I think um, I um, we should <laughs> we could almost do an episode on baseball experiences that our parents didn't tell us about because mm-hmm. I have something uh, that my dad never told me about But we I'll, it ties into our, our main topic So I'll get into it later Actually
0: so does uh, yeah, so does mine as well Because there was another thing my dad dropped on me I think it was last year okay. uh, Or two years ago uh, But anyway, so so that was uh, so that was strange When I was looking at that uh, Also though, a couple other interesting notes from the draft I saw that the Oakland A's drafted a guy Who's uh, slated to be the Oklahoma Sooners Starting quarterback this yeah, year Yeah,
1: Kyler Murray is yeah. his name
0: uh, By
1: all accounts, they didn't expect him He didn't expect to go in the top ten of the draft Right yeah, and I, it's one of those things where like, yeah, you got to just, if, there, if someone is giving you money to save your body mm-hmm. from, the, from the wreckage of football, like you should say, t- especially now, like it's such a bad time for the NFL and for football – like you got to take it. But so what they're saying is I saw, I was watching the draft earlier and they were showing a video of, of this guy. He's fast. Is he? This guy's really fast. He looks okay. really fast uh-huh. um, and he can hit. Um, uh, Harold Reynolds was really touting him. Okay. And he said, he said he was his, uh, for him, he was the, he thought he was the best guy in the draft. Wow. Um, of course, I'm sure there are signability issues. So like he, he wasn't like at the forefront of anything, but what they're saying is that he's going to play football in the fall and then give it up, and then commit commit to, to baseball.
0: I uh, That'll be a really um, interesting story to follow. I, yeah. re- I mean, gosh, if the guy got hurt, that would be awful. Um, I yeah. wonder if he'll, like, if, so they have a year to sign him, right? So I wonder I if they'll so, officially yeah. sign him and give him his bonus money before the football season.
1: Yeah. Oh, right, that's true, because, like, yeah, I wonder if they're, if, I, I mean, obviously there has to be something worked out between them right. at this point for them to draft him, mm-hmm. but, like, um, that could be interesting if they withhold it. Like, and he gets hurt, then they might just be able to, to to walk from it. I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we don't know what's going through this guy's head, but I, so he he's five ten from what I understand. Yeah, a small guy.
1: Yeah, which means he doesn't
0: project no. as an
1: NFL quarterback. He's shorter than shorter than Rex Grossman equals, <laughs> uh, like, bad chances. <laughs>
0: um, so you know, if I was the guy, I would just get focused on baseball. But I mean, he's probably worked a, a long time for the opportunity to start for a, a major college football program so who knows
1: yeah yeah i think you know and there this is a weird i was thinking about this too like you know other than like some real extreme injuries i suppose there's not really a football injury that could completely derail his like he might be able to come back from a football injury sustained Mm -hmm. of course there's 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 such a greater risk of an injury but like I mean, Bo Jackson was able to return eventually. Of course, he was a shell of what he used to be, but, like, I don't know. Right. Of, of, of course, no, everyone's hoping that that doesn't
0: happen. Oh, somehow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you think, like, a, say, like a torn ACL or something for a guy who's supposed to be a speed guy. Yeah, sure, sure. But um, mm-hmm. uh, also, the uh, uh, there were a couple other interesting notes, Jeremy. The Cubs drafted a guy with a rather unusual name.
1: Yeah. Um, they drafted a kid by the name of Nico Horner. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. H O E R N E R. From. Um, from uh Stanford. Uh-huh. Um but uh yeah, I can't help but thinking that his name he sounds like a 70s or 80s porn star. Nico <laughs> Horner, I don't know.
0: Yeah, or, or, or either that or he sounds like the last name Horner sounds like a really old-timey base like baseball oh, name. Yeah, sure I can see know? that. Yeah. yeah. but Nico kind of reminds me of when they had like, you know, Darwin Barney or something <laughs> like that. I don't know if he's supposed <laughs> well, to be let's,
1: yeah, that's let's 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 not uh make those connections. That would, be, <laughs> that, that would be a shame. That would be an instant fail, failed pick. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um but yeah uh, it was funny I was um so like I, I'm I'm a card collector mm-hmm. um you know I'm on eBay a lot looking for cards and um I saw that he got drafted and I he honestly he wasn't a name I've been following some of these guys closely um through like cards and everything um but I hadn't heard Nico Horner and so like I went to eBay right away to check it out and there were a couple cards listed for like Three bucks or like mm. five bucks or whatever. Okay. And I was like, I was scrolling up and I'm like, I probably, this might be risky. Like, I should just. Jump on whatever's there, and I I think I looked at something else and then I went back to it. And like, sure enough, I was clicking on these cards and they were all sold already. Oh, wow! And within like minutes of him being drafted, wow. so I was able to get in on one. And like, there's another one that was listed for like three dollars, and the guy jacked it up to like five dollars. I ended up getting one of those, so I, I did get a Nico Horner autograph card, so that should be coming. Uh, but uh, but they were they were going really fast once wow. he was uh, announced, yeah,
0: very cool. Yeah, uh, it is interesting that the first uh, five guys were all drafted, were all college guys. Kalanick yeah. was the first high school guy picked picked up Uh, by all accounts maybe he was the best high school player available but you know you wonder with the the emphasis on you know prospects now and just guys coming up like you know last year Cody Bellinger uh you know um Aaron Judge guys like that Reese uh, Hoskins just like guys immediately having an impact um that they're they're trying to draft guys who they can get who can get through the system faster and have a quicker impact on the game
1: yeah for sure yeah I think um yeah, it's an interesting trend i the 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 route of a high school pitcher to me just seems like, man, you're really you're just investing so much in that guy. like there's so much development ahead of that kid. Um, but uh you know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, Jack, did you hear about the guy, uh, the guy that the Yankees drafted, Anthony Siegler? I think, no, I don't. I don't, I don't think is? I heard about him. So he was a guy. He's a catcher. They drafted him as a catcher, but I think that he was a guy that the Cubs were targeting, and the Yankees snatched, snatched him up uh, one pick before the the Cubs did. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a pitcher and a catcher.
0: Oh, interesting. And he's
1: also a switch hitter and switch thrower. Okay. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This kid was interesting. And like, I'm. A, it's like after seeing the video of him, I'm I'm really pissed that the Cubs didn't get him, and mm-hmm. second, like I'm like mad that the the Yankees got this kid. Right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he uh, he um, uh, throws like I think in the high 80s from the left, and like in the 90s from the right, and he's got power from both sides of the plate. Um, but they're th- they're saying he's the he's probably going to give up the pitching. Okay. uh, Because he's he's got a good bat for a catcher, so I think they're going to focus on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was an interesting kid uh, for sure. And it's also funny, he was uh, – his parents are – his dad played baseball in Mexico, I guess. Oh, really? um, And he's like – I think he's like half Mexican and half – uh, uh whatever uh white and uh mm-hmm. i think you know he probably was like the the dad met the wife like when he was like playing in mexico i yeah, think
0: yeah it's very possible his name is siegler you yeah said? yeah yeah it uh it'd be interesting <clears throat> if like you know him him and uh kyle Seeger or Corey Seeger ever end up on a team that'd be like two two <laughs> phonetically similar names it'd be like when when johan pino and Yosmil pinto were both on the uh, <laughs> uh, uh minnesota twins
1: right where okay. uh
0: jeremy you just were actually for a game right
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, I, I mentioned it last time around, but uh, I was coming back, or I, I'm coming back from my trip. Um, I'm a little, a little under the weather, too, so if, if you catch me uh, <laughs> coughing or whatever, I've, I've been uh, I've been a little fried from driving a lot. But we drove up to, uh, me and my girlfriend drove up to uh, Minnesota uh, this weekend, and I got, I got to see Target Field. Uh, it was like number 21, I think, on the stadiums, mm-hmm. 20 on, the, okay. on, on my stadium, okay. so I'm, I'm two-thirds of the way there. I'm not counting turner field because i can't I can't count that one anymore mm-hmm. so um and I just saw that like in two thousand and fifteen but uh yeah target field was was awesome like it's one of, another one of those like i don't I feel like I haven't heard too much about it, but I want to do some more research about the architecture of it because it was a beautiful stadium like it was really designed awesome it had this really awesome open air feel, and we entered into in like the right field corner I don't think it was the main entrance, but there's a plaza there with like um uh, like uh, different like statues. There's like a Kirby Puckett statue and um, a Harmon Killebrew statue. There's a Tom Kelly statue. Oh, cool. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like an open air plaza and everything. And like there's places to hang out and stuff there. And then you walk right into the gates of the right field. And then in the corner, a lot like uh, with a lot of these newer stadiums, they have like they use the corners of the concourse is to really kind of like build out and have a bunch of stuff going on. And so like, like the city field is like that. The uh, giant stadium is like that and target field was like that. So you walk in and then like in the like corners of the stadium, there are these nice patios with like stands and food and like different things. It was, it's really nice. It was really cool. Um, and then I just, um, <clears throat> for anyone who's ever been to the Oakland, uh, Coliseum, um, it's very high and very round, and it's it's very much like a coliseum. And I actually thought the Target Field was kind of like this as well. Like mm-hmm. it was very high up. The like Cincinnati Stadium is like um, sprawling, where like all the levels are kind of behind each other. So if you're in the upper deck, you're like way back. Um, but Target Field was like right on top of each other. Yet there were no like obstructed seats like in the back of any sections like in Wrigley Field. So it was it was really cool. It was like built up high. It was really nice, and uh, yeah, I liked it a lot.
0: Started. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I went to a game. First of all, yeah, I've been to Oakland Coliseum, too. Yeah. It was back when Jason Giambi and uh, Johnny Damon were on the A's, so okay. that might uh, age me a little bit. But I, well, I also went to a game. It's interesting you said that Target Field had a really open-air feel. Yeah. Um, I wonder if one of the reasons they did that was because, you know, they played in the Metrodome for so long, and they just wanted to give, uh, you know, Minnesota, the city, a change of pace yeah, uh, for definitely. baseball. Um, I did. I went to a game uh, in the Metrodome uh, years and years ago when I was a kid. I, I think my dad took me up there a couple times. But last time we went uh, – ron coomer played and okay. uh they had a uh, they had a, a sign like in left field that said coom dogs kids mm-hmm. um they called him the <laughs> coom dog uh yeah, so me yeah. and my dad always uh uh will reference that also i think they played the blue jays in that game and i believe mark delizandro played first base for the blue jays which is a, a name i hadn't thought about since uh well right yeah. now i guess you remember mark delizandro no, I don't. Okay. I'll, no. we'll, I'll have to look him up a little bit later. Yeah, that might have been
1: during my, like, uh, my like uh, dark period of baseball, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, like D apostrophe Alessandro. Uh, I think it was all, there was no
0: apostrophe. There was just, um, it was just, like, D-A-L-E-S-A-N-D-R-O. Wow. So, yeah, I yeah. do
1: not remember that guy. Interesting. Okay. Um, cool.
0: So, uh, we have a very special uh, uh, thing for you here. We're going to do our baseball bucket list. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just a list of things that, um, you know, us as a... Uh, Avid baseball fans and and uh, constant uh, uh, attendees uh, want to see, and we'll touch about some things that we have seen that would have been that we've been able to cross off our bucket list. But you know, everyone who goes to games has, like, who's who's really a fan, like, um, has like things that they want to see, and uh, yeah, we figured we'd go over a couple of ours. Yeah. Um, so,
0: I guess uh, Jeremy and I kind of uh, met in the middle for some of these, but, uh, you know, I'll go over my first one. The very first one I want to see sure. is, a, is a no-hitter. I really yeah. want to see a no-hitter. I mean, you know, and that's one of those things where you could attend 100 baseball games for every year of your life, and you might never see one.
1: Yeah. And uh, you, you can try to, like, line up, like, a good pitching matchup, and, right. like, you hope you see it, and it's you know, it's right. the guy gives up a hit in the first inning.
0: Right. Jeremy has actually seen a no-hitter. I, I think have. we may have brought it up on the podcast Yeah, before. we mentioned it uh, yeah.
1: briefly, but I don't think... We got deep into it, but yeah. So, in uh, let me seven twenty five fifteen, 15, I believe was the date, it might have been seven twenty four fifteen. 15. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Hamels uh threw a no hitter against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was at that game, I was in the last row of the upper deck, actually. Yeah, um, uh, but I have video of the last out too, and you can hear my dad, my dad, uh, like says something like, because. The last out of that game, Chris Bryant flew out to Oduble Herrera. Yeah, and and it was a
0: strange catch. Um, I was watching that game on TV with my family because I was at home in Milwaukee visiting my folks. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a really, like, Herrera made a strange, like, catch on it.
1: He went back on it. He was on the track, and his feet went out from under him, and he caught it, like, I think, either falling down or on his knees or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, from my vantage point, like, it was hard to tell if he caught it. And it, it was almost anticlimactic in a sense because, like, I didn't know if it was uh, a catch or not, but the video is funny. I'll I'll put a link to the video because like you hear me say like, oh my god, did he catch it? Like yeah, yep. like, It's really funny. Um, but but yeah, like and and I was like, well, they're gonna review it, but like the umpires like ran off the field. Yeah, and like it was just it was it was a weird play, but. You know, once the reality set in, it was like, "Wow, this is really awesome." I think so,
0: you you called me after that too, but I I couldn't get to my phone, and I think you left me a voicemail. I wonder if I still I probably still have it. Oh, on that my would phone be as cool. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it was funny because yeah, so we were walking. So this is fi- 2015. Like, it's hard to like kind of like harken back on like the uh, the the like hapless like loser Cubs uh, because uh, it's hard to complain about that when when you have the World Series uh, within re- recent history. But um, you know, it was like kind of like if you imagine that old the 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 way that it used to be for the Cubs, um, these are just fans that like you know just can't handle like each each year each losing year they like kind of lose a little more of their 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 minds a little bit and get a little more a uh, little more despondent. We were walking back to the car and this guy was just like wandering the street. He seemed just like he was wandering the streets of Wrigley Field or, or of Wrigleyville, and uh, we ran into him and he's like he was like walking hunched over and he he passed by us and he saw that we were wearing Cubs gear and he's like hey, hey uh, so uh, Cubs ever got a hit? And we're like, nah, nah no hitter. He's like, Oh boy. And he just like put his head down and just like wandered <laughs> off. And I'm like, this that was like the the like cherry on top of the experience. It was pretty great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um uh, yeah, and, and that was a, a year too for the Cubs where they were kind of finally starting to turn things yeah, around. Yeah. So there was a little excitement in the air then. There,
1: there was, yeah. I think I, I felt you, you kind of felt good about the team even though they got no hits. So and <laughs> then and then that was so that game it was interesting because Jake Area had a pitch for the Cubs mm, mm-hmm. and he lost that game and then he didn't lose a home game until like 2017 or something like the, he went that was the beginning of his streak where he like was undefeated at home or yeah. didn't give up like an, a home run whatever he, he had some kind of streak at home and, and
0: interestingly it. enough that was probably right before or kind of right during when people were just starting to talk about Arrieta yeah, as a serious yeah. pitcher probably right before because he hadn't really caught that huge wave of momentum he got at the end of the season but Correct, yeah. um I mean, yeah, so that, that's, that was a—I hadn't thought about
1: that, but that's kind of a cool game in that respect, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It might have been his last loss of the, of mm-hmm. the season, yep. actually. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, uh, the thing about uh, my parent—what my dad didn't, didn't tell me, we were at that game, and my dad dropped on me that he was at the Milt Pappas no-hitter, <sighs> which was the last no-hitter thrown in Wrigley Field uh-huh. prior to that Uh, game and I was like what are you talking you were at that game he's like yeah yeah, I was there and like I was so much and he was so casual about it that like I I I was wondering if he was making it up or something but Uh like this is in the 70s and like my dad would like work in the daytime and then just like take a half day or something or maybe he wasn't even working and he would just go down to the game or whatever and so it was one of those days where he just like I think he said he left work early or something and just went down there and like you know paid like a, like a dollar for a ticket and just, you know, moved around, like that moved down close. And, uh, I guess he saw that game. So it's crazy.
0: That's crazy. Um, yeah. And that's one, that's another one of those things where it's <laughs> like, you know, in all the times we've talked about, like, ba- I like, I've taught, you've talked about baseball with your dad and he knows you like baseball for him to not mention it is yeah. like crazy, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy.
1: I was, I, at that time I was wondering like how many people had been to those, both, both of those games. Right. And right. I tried to like tweet into like Len Casper to like yeah. mention my dad on the uh-huh. air, but never happened. But uh-huh. uh, I wanted to like get his story out there or something. But. Right. Right. <clears throat> um,
0: yeah. And speaking of, uh, things that, um, you know, our dad saw or whatever, my, one of my, uh, uh, things on my bucket list as well is to see a player's 3000 hit. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my dad actually tried to make it happen for the, uh, uh, in 2016, yep. um, he, he really wanted to see Ichiro's 3,000th hit, so he came down to Chicago uh, when Ichiro was with the Marlins, um, and it was a game John Lester was pitching. I think it was a, maybe a Wednesday afternoon game. And, uh, you know, Ichiro, the Marlins had a stud outfield at that point. They had, uh, you know, their three big guys Stanton, uh, Ozuna, and Yelich. So, uh, Ichiro didn't get the start even though he was only two hits away from 3000 and like he was he had a better average against John Lackey than like any other hitter in the league yeah. or like you know it was he was batting higher against Lackey than against any other pitcher he'd ever faced but he didn't get the start he did get a pinch hit opportunity uh late in the game but he uh he he didn't he didn't get his 3000 hit that day which was yeah. kind of
1: disappointing and so so and I was at the first game of that series mm-hmm. and, and same thing I was like hoping that it would line up and it, it didn't so that was yeah that was there there are these moments where like you Try to make it happen, right? So, so yeah, that yeah, we both were close <clears throat> to seeing Ichiro. Um, I was close to seeing Barry Bonds's um home run. Uh, I guess it was when he tied Aaron, mm-hmm. I guess when he was closing in on Aaron, yeah. Um, or it might have been his 700th home run or something. I, I don't know. No, I, I think it was when he was closing in on Aaron, he wasn't like a regular starter then, and I had tickets and like. I was hoping to go or whatever. I was hoping to see him and like he didn't start that game. He came in and pinch hit and, you know, whatever, grounded out.
0: Yeah, um, and I uh, when when Ichiro did come up to the plate that day, though, there was this cool silence um, that fell over the ballpark. You know, everybody was kind of zoned in. I would kind of compare it to um, when we saw Bryant's debut, like that first at bat that Bryant had, where yeah. you could do it. There were forty thousand people in the stadium, but you could have heard a pin drop. Yeah, it was kind of it was like
1: that. Yeah, and that's not like you know that's that's not a metaphor. Like it it was it was eerily quiet that that. At bat, it was the same way um, for that last out of the no hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a couple. I've been able to experience a couple of those moments, and so yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, um, my dad, however, uh, mentioned to me that he saw Robin Yount's three thousandth hit,
1: uh, okay. um,
0: uh, which uh, he had never mentioned like prior to that, and he, he talked about it like it was no big deal. But he claims that the game wasn't even the sold out for the Brewers uh, oh, well. that day, which is yeah. kind of crazy to me because now. If, like, the Brewers were playing and a guy was going to get a 3,000 hit, it would absolutely be sold out. Yeah,
1: I feel like just... I don't know. I think, like, <clears throat> people weren't as wowed by... Th- like, you know, I, I think, like, people would, like... There were, there were, like, a small amount of people who were into it. But, like, I think... I don't know. It seems like maybe nowadays people are more, in uh, uh, you know, uh, inclined to go and try to see that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I could see people not, maybe not caring that much at the time <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, okay, so... um. A couple of mine, let's see, let's see uh, what do I got here. Um, I would like to see, I think this one is like, you know, doable. There, I'll, I'll combine these two. I would like to see a game in the Montreal Ex, uh, Expo Dome mm-hmm. on uh, Olympic Stadium. Um, and I would like to see a game in the uh, Tokyo Dome. Okay. Um, so every year now, for the last couple of years, the Expos, or not the Expos, the um, the Blue Jays will play so there's at the end of spring training teams will leave uh florida and arizona and play like a series in a different ballpark right before the season starts and for the last like i say three years or so the blue jays have hit um uh olympic stadium (coughs) excuse me um for that last series and uh it's always in a time where i can't like take time off of work um so i've always missed it every year and like I feel at some point they're gonna they're gonna stop it because they're gonna to shut the stadium down. So I would love to get to a game there before they, they demolish that stadium. Uh, and then on the other hand like Tokyo Dome is doable. It's just you have to get there. Um, but I think that would be awesome just to see like a you know a game in Tokyo You're done with those like thunder sticks and just the fan interaction and everything. I, I would love to do that at some point.
0: Oh yeah, um, and I think what was it this year that uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit the walk off. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that would have been awesome. Like yeah, I mean I could have been at that game. That mm-hmm. was even harder because it was like during the week. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean imagine being at that. That would that was like the greatest moment for. Uh, um, Canadian baseball since like the bat flip game, you know? <laughs> so um, that would be cool.
0: Yeah, so actually, one thing that that's on both of Jeremy uh, and and my bucket lists is uh, seeing three home runs in a game by uh, one player. Yep. Um, so as as far as I know, I have never seen that done in a game. Jeremy, uh, you have, I believe, I have you? I have. Yeah. This uh-huh. is
1: now. I, this I can't remember if we. I think we did talk about it because I said I forgot it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I saw. Um, Aramis Ramirez hit uh, three homers in a game against the Astros in, like, 2010 or 2011. And, like, I just – I've wrecked my brain to try to, like, remember it, And I just can't remember. I'm, like, trying to look at, like, pictures. Maybe that would jog a memory. But for some reason, I just – I don't remember it. I don't know. Maybe I had some personal issues going on that day or something. I don't know. But uh-huh. I just don't remember it.
0: <laughs> um, another one that Jeremy and I both want to see is a bench-clearing brawl.
1: Yeah, definitely. That would be cool. I've um, come
0: close to seeing it. Um, okay. I, uh, so I was at a game where uh, Chase Anderson got... um oh, right. Got, yeah, uh, he got hit by a pitch with Elf, uh, by Alfredo Simon of the Reds. Uh, what had happened was um, the inning before, Simon tried to bunt, and Anderson came inside on him, and uh, the ball hit Simon. Mm-hmm. And so Simon was, uh, you know, he was pretty pissed off about that, but he took his base. Yeah. So the next inning, Chase Anderson came up and... Uh, Simon put one right in the, right in his upper back mm-hmm. uh, and get, promptly got thrown out of the game. Yeah. But uh, both both teams kind of cleared the benches, and Brian Price talked to the umpire for about 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> somehow didn't get thrown out. <clears throat> yeah. But it almost happened there. It didn't, but uh, that's about as close as I've ever gotten.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm trying to think if I was ever close to anything. I think I probably was, but I, it's nothing, nothing is sticking out of my mind right mm-hmm. now. But I definitely didn't see a brawl. I'd remember that. Mm-hmm. But... A quick aside here, and I know we're we're <clears throat> we still got a lot to get to, but did you see today this Mike Fires Stanton BS today?
0: No, I I was at work all day. What happened? I don't know if
1: you feel a connection to Mike Fires yeah. because he was a brewer, uh-huh. but the, okay, the dude hit. He's the dude who hit Stanton yes. in the face yeah. a couple of years ago. So now Fires is on the the Tigers and Stanton is on the Yankees. They're facing each other today, and uh, Fires hit Stanton. Uh, up in the like arm, he hit him like in the elbow or whatever. Yeah. and Stanton was like pissed, and rightfully so. It's like I'm not a fan of like I don't I don't promote violence in the game. I think it's I think it's kind of barbaric and stupid. But um, even though I said I want to see a brawl, mm. but um, <laughs> but uh, um, it's like if you hit a guy in the face and then you hit him again, it's like all right, like you you need to rein it in because like you you kind of deserve something. At that point, yeah,
0: like, especially if it was in if they hit him in the shoulder or whatever, it seems yeah. like he really came high and inside. Well, on and
1: him. also the way that fires reacted the first time, like I don't, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. Like he was like yelling back at the the Marlins bench. Like I don't know if he was like I don't know if that's just his way of defending himself. He looks like he's yelling at them, but like he was like he was actually getting like like, like belligerent. And I'm like, you, you just hit the guy in the face. Like, yeah. you, what are you, what are you doing? And so today Stan was kind of like looking at him and yelled back at him and, and fires was doing it again. It almost looked like video of the same thing. He was like pointing at himself. He's like, I I, he, I, think he might've been saying like it was an accident, but he looks like he's like being belligerent, like when he's doing it. And so then Stan came up the next at bat and rocked a Homer off uh-huh. of him. And like, you know pimped it out and then like and then he like hit he touched home plate and he pointed at fires as he walked away oh wow it was awesome.
0: Nice. Well, that that's cool. I'm going to have to look at the replay of that. Um, yeah,
1: Fires is a frigging clown. Yeah,
0: I wonder if there's going to be any retaliation on the part of the Yankees. Um, yeah. Because know. last year, wasn't it the Yankees and Tigers who got in that big dust-up? Oh, um, yeah. With Batansis through at uh, maybe McCann yeah. uh, and hit him in the head or <coughs> face or something like that or yeah, came right. real close to doing it. Um, yeah, so I mean, there definitely seems to be some bad blood
1: between those teams. It, it's funny that that there's bad blood with those two teams. They couldn't be more polar opposites in like, in like long-term, or like, or in short-term projections. Right. Yeah. The Tigers are, they, they had the first pick tonight for a reason because they're bad. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's, that's funny. Uh, anyway, that was a quick aside, but yeah, a brawl for sure would be cool. That's on my list. Um, another one I have on my list is to see, I, you know, I don't know, people rag on the all-star game. Um, but I've always loved it since I was a little kid. I remember, like, I recorded the nineteen eighty eight All Star Game, and I loved the like lineup when the camera would go down the line and show each guy from each team. Just because at that point you couldn't see certain players, so it was cool mm-hmm. to see. Like, I still come from a time where I where I like liked the All Star Game for the purpose of being able to see players you normally didn't get to see. Um, so I, I love the All Star Game. I would love to go to an All Star Game someday, and, and and in turn, and actually, I guess that. I have the home run derby here too, but I would I would fold in the um, the futures game as well. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to just you know go for the whole festivities or whatever. And um, the home run der—I you know people rag the home run derby. I was with it all along. That one year where they changed it, I think it was the year Robinson Cano won it, and they're like, "This is too damn long." Uh, I was starting to be like, "Okay, yeah, this is this is crazy." But like now they fixed it. It's really exciting. I love the whole thing. I love the whole uh all-star festivities so i would love to go to that
0: yeah um, i mean jeremy it is interesting you bring up the point about seeing guys you you don't normally get to see um yeah i mean we both kind of come from a time uh before you know every game for every team was was on or exactly. available yeah. um you know when when we were kids or at least this was what i remember it was like the three three you could watch either the cubs the braves mm-hmm. or uh the espn game of the week uh yeah. and the, you know that was about it um yeah, i remember the
1: nbc game of the week too
0: yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, I actually don't. I don't remember that. Actually, I don't yeah. remember. Did they have a game of the week? They did. Yeah. Okay.
1: Costas. Um, yeah. My my best memory of NBC game of the week was um, when Mitch Mitch Williams was pitching against the Cubs. Were playing the Pirates, and um, Mitch Williams, who used to fall off the mound like a jackass, took one off the head. <laughs> a line drive off the head, and he was like bleeding, and like we were like. This is what you get for falling off the mound like a goofball. But, uh, that was in, that was a NBC Saturday afternoon game of the week. Ah,
0: uh, okay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I, I also grew up uh, during a time when the Brewers would only ever get one guy in the All Star game. Yeah. Right. Um, I remember staying staying up late to see if Jeff Cirillo would uh would be would get in the game. This was must have been ninety six or ninety seven, and wow. he got in the game and he got blown away. Struck out against some guy. I don't know who it was. Yeah. But that's funny. uh, yeah, uh, an All Star game would be cool. It's it's not uh, at the top of my bucket list, but but I mean, I you would I think you would be in heaven, Jeremy, to attend just the whole festivities,
1: the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, I love I love the whole thing. The Futures game is awesome, uh, good stuff.
0: Um, so one we actually tweeted about this one, uh, but one of one of the things on my bucket list is to see a player hit a cycle, which is just about as rare uh, as a no hitter to yeah. see. Um, I remember I was watching on TV last year um, the uh, White Sox game where Abreu got the cycle, and it was like their first one since the year 2000. Um, mm-hmm. Like Jose Valentin, Valentin had been the last guy to do it, and uh, you know it's um it's just yeah it's a rare thing. It's something that that for some teams only happens like once every 20 years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah that would be cool. Yeah, I think I it's too bad we didn't um, <clears throat> do the uh, like the numbers because they they they're pretty close. Um, I actually think is a cycle more rare than a no hitter. Mm, that's a good question. The, you know, if you go on Wikipedia, it, it actually lists all of the no hitters and all the cycles and everything. There, I, I remember looking it up recently, and the, the numbers are pretty close. It's pretty rare, um, and yeah, so that would be cool to see for sure. What's
0: crazy? Um, just one more thing about cycles is that uh, I think a lot of it also kind of depends on on what ballpark you play in. Yeah. Um, I was doing a, a lot of research on Coors Field earlier this year, and they said uh, that out of the eighty three cycles. Uh, that had been hit in the last however many years it was maybe 20 years um, uh, 17 of them had happened in Coors field which is a pretty uh, yeah. pretty huge number just because the uh, you know the out the outfield is so it's like a, a pasture out there um, yeah, it's easy sure. to easy to hit cycles but uh, but yeah so a cycle would definitely be cool we almost saw it with Brandon Nimmo who uh, seems to be really heating up lately uh, his uh, but we um, we were a home run short of that one
1: yep yeah, for sure and um- I have uh, a World Series game on mine, mm-hmm. and, like, the, you know, before the Cubs, uh, before 2016, um, I had wanted to just, you know, I was, you know, willing to plunk down, like, the two, like or not the two, but, like, two, three hundred bucks, maybe, on a World Series game, if there was one close by, because I just wanted to see it. Like, you know, it's like, if you could drive, if you could somehow get into, like, the Super Bowl for, like, two or three hundred bucks, like, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I wouldn't pay, like, ten grand to see a game, but, like... If you could drive to one and like, you know, pay a couple hundred bucks, like it would be cool just to see any World Series game. I think Um, when in 2016, I probably I mean, if ever you were going to break the bank to see a game, um, that probably would have been the time for me as a Cubs fan. However, and I could talk about this one of the like I was able to uh, one of the things on my like uh, done it. Uh, side of my bucket list is to see a series clincher game, so I got to see uh, um, two that uh, within those two years. Um, I saw the the uh, NLCS game uh, six um, <clears throat> against the Dodgers, and that game was just that experience was like so awesome that I was like kind of okay with the World Series and not seeing a World Series game, and also. I'm like, I'm like superstitious and everything. So I was like, well, if they, if I, I, could have went to game like, I think it was five, the last home, the last Cubs, uh, Wrigley Field game of the World Series, because ticket prices dropped fairly low at that down, point. They were down. They were down what? Uh, were they down three they to three, one at that three, point? Three one, yeah. <clears throat> like ticket prices within the when game uh, four was ending, ticket prices dropped like five hundred dollars. Mm. They were like twelve hundred, and then they dropped to like well more than that. Yeah, maybe they were like. 1100 and they dropped like 600 or something and like I, I was like saying if they got into like the 500s I was maybe gonna do it and I just it never got that low But um, I was like, you know if I, if I would have been at game five they would have lost. <laughs> that's that's my belief So uh-huh. I was I was happy with the way it all worked out.
0: Yeah, uh, I remember <clears throat> that uh, that game six uh, uh, Kershaw I remember Kershaw started that that game, you know how yeah. they say with a car like when it's when it's on empty like the gas gauge hits empty, like you still have like twenty miles before it actually stops running. Yeah. That's that's what Kershaw was when he took them out in that game. He yeah. was uh he was out of gas. He was not Clayton Kershaw and the Cubs just jumped all over him. Yeah.
1: That's that experience was awesome. Like that that could be its own episode. But like uh-huh. that was like the loudest it ever got, like when the Cubs were scoring in that first inning. Yeah. Um it was just it was it's like you could like float on the energy that was like being like that was radiating off of the the stands. It was just, it was awesome. It was like the coolest experience ever. Like, um, it was all that I could ask for. So like, yeah, I I was good not seeing a world series game that year.
0: Um, uh, uh, oh, one more thing about that game. Who was that outfielder that made that, those horrible plays? Was it Andrew Tolles? Yeah. Good Lord. (laughs) Um, so another one that I had always wanted, uh, to see that Jeremy and I, we've talked about this on the podcast, but seeing a position player pitch is, uh, is one of the ones that, that I've always wanted to see is a position
1: player pitch. Yeah. Um, right. And we got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Shuck, JB Shuck Shuck pitch.
0: (laughs) Um, and you know, I feel like now the teams are trying to save their, uh, their bullpens. Um, you know, it's where that's going to be something that becomes a little more common, maybe a lot more common to see. Um, but you know, certainly it was, it was something that I'll remember
1: for the rest of my baseball seeing days. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if I've – there's been so many, like, ones that I remember from TV that, like, um, uh, it's, it's, it's it's memorable even when you see it on TV. Uh-huh. Actually, <clears throat> this kind of ties into one of the things that we did see. Um, we've mentioned a, a game – was so was it in 2015? Mm-hmm. We saw Oakland A's at White Sox game. that won 14 innings. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. Um, in that game, we saw um, a switch pitcher – Um, And so, like it's that's that's been on on the done list. Um, But it's like that's a weird thing to to say. Like I want to see a switch pitcher because there's only been one in the last whatever twenty five years or something. Right. So we saw Pat Vendetti uh, pitch for the Oakland A's, and he like he pitched both ways in that inning. Yeah, he did. Cool.
0: Um, and you know, you, you ask, you you might ask the question about Pat Vendetti, is Does it look weird when he switches up? Not really. You don't really notice it that much. No.
1: Yeah, we were we were we were like our eyes were glued to him, so we saw when he like switched the the mitt or whatever. But it happened so fast. It's just like it's like when a pitcher like gives up a hit and then walks to the back of the mound maybe get some rosin or whatever. He just walked to the, like he like took a step off, switched the glove, and just was back in. The rubber,
0: yeah, it was like watching Jim Abbott pitch because Jim Abbott pitched a year or two with the Brewers. And I, I, uh, you know, I I went to games where he pitched. Do you remember Jim Abbott, Jeremy? Yeah, Yeah, so it was was kind of the same thing where it was just uh, the movement is so fast that it's uh, you know, it's not a very big deal. I would like to put that glove on though, yeah, because you got a glove specially made for him, yeah, uh, weird to wear,
1: it would be cool. Um, but, uh, so the day after that game, I, I don't know if you remember this, but the Sox got blown out that game and Alexei Ramirez pitched. Oh, I remember he? watching that on TV. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah. So he pitched the day after we were at that game. Okay. That's cool. Um... But, yeah, so a switch pitcher, that's that's a check. And then, of course, this one, like, um, well, I, I don't think you have this one, but, you know, I think of any fan, like, the number one list, the kind of most obvious one is, like, to catch a home run ball or to catch a foul ball, preferably a home run oh, ball. Oh, you
0: know, I had meant to add that uh, onto my bucket list because when I was thinking, but, yeah, I would love to catch a, a foul ball I, or a home run ball would yeah. be, yeah, it, hard. And, that, you know, that's another one of those things where you kind of have to be right place, right time.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's so many factors because, like, okay, you don't want to – you want to catch it on a fly. If you caught it on a bounce, like, there's – that's very cool as well. But, like, there's, like, levels to it. Like, catching it on the fly – catching a home run on the fly is number one. Catching a home run, like, on the ricochet is, like, number two. Catching a foul ball on the fly is, like, number three. And then, like, you know, at some point it's, like, okay, a player throws you the ball – um, and then it's like coach throws you the ball, Right, you know? right. Like, yeah. That's like the third tier. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's levels to this thing. Um, but, uh, have you ever been close or have you?
0: So my dad, my dad caught one at the, I think we mentioned okay. this at the Rays game. Yeah. Uh, that was, I would say the closest I've ever, okay. I've personally ever gotten was when my dad got
1: one. Okay. Um,
0: have you been close? I, I have two close calls. They were yeah. both
1: at, uh, uh, um, U.S. Cellular and they were both in the same seats. They were I was sitting in like my company seats. Like we got seats from, uh from from my from my company um and um they were right um underneath the press box so they were in like the last row behind home plate and like the press box was right above you so if a guy hit the ball back foul and it hit the press box it would come straight down like at you and um so I was with a friend of mine uh I was with with some guys uh, uh friends of mine and um one came down and it, it hit the thing, it hit the box and went straight down and it, and it landed. I didn't go for it because, like, I was with friends, so I was, like, I wasn't going to, like, wrestle my friend for the ball, you know? And it ended up, like, like I don't, he didn't have the, <laughs> the killer instinct, I guess. It ended up, like, landing and hitting him, like, in the neck or something. Oh, oh man. And it's because he didn't make a play on it. Uh-huh. And, like, I was so right. I would have made a play on it. I would have, like, dove over to, to catch it and, like... And then it ended up like ricocheting off and the people down the road got it. Uh, Another time I was uh, at a game, I got four tickets and I brought uh, this girl that I was like seeing and her sister and her sister's boyfriend. And uh, we got the, uh, the nachos, the like big nachos or whatever. And, you know, she got them or I got them for her or whatever. And she was eating them and then she was like done with them. So she gave me the rest. And so I had it in my hand and those things like, that thing weighs like two pounds. Mm -hmm. or whatever, And so I had it in my hand and the ball came back at us and it hit an empty chair next to me and then rattled around. And it like, it hit, it meant it actually hit a a chair. Yeah. It hit, it hit a chair down the row from us and like rattled behind us. And it like actually hit her, it ricocheted and hit her and her, her in the back. And like, so the people in the row behind us had a better shot at getting it, but I had these stupid nachos in my hand and I couldn't like, I couldn't move. Like I had limited mobility. So I, I took my hand and I was like trying to swat at it but I had like limited mobility and Uh I
0: just didn't get it well that's always the risk Uh, you mentioned you know your buddy got hit in the the neck or whatever Um, and uh, you know like, do you try to make a play on a ball that's kind of a screamer? Because if you yeah. don't, if, I mean, if you don't get it, you're going to kind of get injured and someone yeah. else is just going to pick up the ball and they're not going to give it to
1: you. No, exactly. I, I like to think that I would know what to do. Like, I, f- I like to think, like, if the ball is coming at me, I would, like, put my hands uh, and I would, like, wrap it up and then, like, move my hands back with the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, I have this whole thing planned out in my head, but, of course, it's like, you think of this and then when it comes at you, you're like, ah, and you just, yeah. like, jump under a seat or something.
0: One thing I remember about that Twins game that I, I went to um, is that... Uh, a, a guy caught a foul ball and like he, he made a nice catch on it and people applauded it or whatever. But then he ran down like a couple rows yeah. and he gave it to uh, some kid. Yeah, that's and, the other thing. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I, that guy can't be that much of a baseball fan because it's like he doesn't know what he was just giving away. I mean, it's or or also it's like, would I be a good a good enough person to give a foul ball well, to a kid? Hell
1: no. Let's get into this really quick because okay, that's the that's another thing is like. You talk about like circumstances being right when you catch a ball. Like you, you also have to not be next to a kid, right? uh, Or else people are going to rag on you. Yeah. Here's the thing: would I give the ball to a little kid? My answer is absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Because I never got a foul ball when I was a kid, and I think I turned out okay. I turned Uh out, you know, I'm I'm an okay guy. If you give a foul ball to a kid at like six or seven years old, they're going to be a jerk. Yeah. The rest of their life sure. because they're not yeah. gonna appreciate like the um the, the you know, the striving for a for a ball. Mm-hmm. So like I think I'm doing that kid a favor and I'm getting a ball in, in the in, in return. And so like, yeah, I would not give a ball to a kid. What I would do i again, I've imagined the scenario and if if it happened and like people were like, Give it to a kid, I would just leave. I would leave the game because I'd rather miss the end of it and have the ball than like have to like live with the, the whatever the the uh, chiding from from people so right. I would leave that's what that's what I would do okay yeah
0: I mean and I guess the other side of that is that if you know if you take a, a ball from a kid or, or you take a ball that a kid could have gotten yeah. I mean heck just look at my t-shirt toss story from last week I mean, I mean you yeah. know that's something that that kid is going to remember for the rest of his life that's
1: true yeah. but hey
0: you know you're going to have that ball for the rest of your life yeah. too so.
1: actually you know this this uh, brings up this brings up a memory when I was in Atlanta actually I was walking around during batting practice and I think Malik smith who was on the braves at the time hit a homer during bp and i was like a row behind me and i ran to grab it and actually got my hand on the ball but there was like a a girl um who was not a little girl she was like in her 20s or something Mm -hmm. she we like touched the ball at the same time yeah and i could have i could have yanked it out of her hand Uh but i didn't sure and i let her just take it Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm not happy but i also don't have to like live with like R- ripping a ball out of someone else's hand sure now male or female
0: uh, now this was a this was a bp uh ball so if it had been in yeah. play in like actual gameplay who knows what would have happened
1: yeah i might have had to leave you <laughs> know i tra- traveled you know whatever 500 uh, miles to see the game um i might have had to leave early <laughs> but yeah so so yeah near near misses close calls uh, Homer and balls. You
0: know, one thing <laughs> that'll be the title of this, of this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I've always wanted to do, uh, is, uh, when, if the stadium were quiet enough or just, if I was close enough, I would like ah. to make a player laugh with, uh, something that I yell. Yes. Um, I was, uh, so when we, me and Jeremy were at the, uh, the snappers game a couple of weeks ago, I think I talked about this, but we, you know, we the, the stadium was quiet enough and we were close enough that like when that Jake Adams got in the argument with the umpire, I kind of wanted to yell something at the ump about you gonna let him show you up like that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't just cause the game was so cold and Jeremy and I were kind of, you know, we had been sitting there for hours, but um, yeah, uh, that, that's one thing I've always wanted to do is, uh, you know, not not yell something malicious or something that's going to hurt somebody's feelings, but just something that'll kind of like, uh, you know, catch their attention, maybe uh, maybe make them laugh a little bit.
1: Um, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's interesting that you say that. Um, there was a time, I, I, and I agree, that would have been, a minor league game is a great place to, to get through to a player for sure, because it's so quiet, but it's almost like too quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's almost like everyone's gonna hear you or you know you know it's it's a lot
0: right and there are so few people in the stands that like you know you're gonna have to sit there for the rest of the game and everybody's gonna know that you yelled that
1: yeah exactly exactly I was um so uh I was fortunate enough to um in like one of the during the time when the Cubs were really bad but like in like the um the 2000s still it might have been like 2009 or something uh, I was able to sit very close. Uh, I, I sat first row behind home plate, um, right by the visiting uh, batter's box. And uh, I saw—I was there for a Brewers game, and and I was like, I was letting—let's uh, see—Ricky Weeks was on the team then. Gabe Kapler was on the team, mm-hmm. and like I was letting a lot of those guys have it, yeah. really, really bad. So yeah. that, that was a lot of fun. It's uh-huh. just—it's fun to like. Ride a guy and do it in, like, a non, you know, in, like, a somewhat playful sort of way. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, if you're knowledgeable about the game, you can kind of, like, get in there. Like, I was yelling at Ricky Weeks. I'm like, so you're going to strike out 200 times this year, Ricky? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was getting him pretty good. Oh, yeah. I got to say, Jack, I made a player laugh. Did you? Before, yeah. Okay. And not only a player, but a Hall of Famer. Really? I made Ken Griffey Jr. laugh.
0: Wow. At a game.
1: How, how did this happen? Well, see, this is, it's kind of an anticlimactic story because, like, I... And I had better material than what I ended up getting this guy, what I ended up getting him on to make him laugh. But, um, you know, we, this was another t- time where I was sitting like the second row. Because, yeah, this one year, it was all in the same year. Somehow th- these tickets were like available to the public and like they were like a hundred bucks or something. But, like, I figured like I never sit this close before. Um, maybe never again. And so, like, I was like second row behind the card, uh, behind the Reds, uh, uh, batters, uh, mm-hmm. um, on deck circle. Yeah. So, Griffey was, uh, like, swinging, you know, a bat or whatever on deck, and, uh, you know, we were just, like, yelling stuff at him or whatever, and, like, he turned around and looked in the stands, and he was, like, it it was clear he was looking at something, and so I turned around to see what he was looking at, and there was just a cotton candy guy, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what are you looking at, Griffey, the cotton candy? (laughs) And, like, he started laughing, (laughs) and I'm like... You know, it was just... it. Would, there was no, like, cleverness to the... Ob- it was just an observation. And then yeah. I was just like, what are you looking at? The cotton candy? And, like, yeah. he laughed. And, like, uh-huh. it... Uh- you know, I thought I had better material, but like that's what got him. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, Hall of Famer. Nice, I like First it. First ballot Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> in, indeed, um, and a, a clean player by all accounts as you, well. Yeah. Um, yeah and well, maybe. you know, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. With weeks, you also could have yelled at him about his bad defense as well. There was um, a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so a couple more that I, I uh, wanted to see were um, a home run by a pitcher. I had thought I saw one in Giovanni Gallardo's uh, debut because I was at his major league debut, but it mm-hmm. turns out that it was just. A double, so that must okay. have been what I, I was remembering. So, I, I don't believe I've ever seen a home run by a pitcher.
1: Yeah, that's that's surprising. Like, the, you know, it's rare, but like it's happened a couple of times. So, I have a couple that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is like you know, this is the one thing I think this is a safe space to do this, but like we're not in like a, uh, a shoe measuring contest here, like, right? You know, but like we're sharing our experiences or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I mentioned that I saw the Jason Marquis Grand Slam, right? Which is the pinnacle of a pitching home run. Um, but I was also at a game in two thousand six, where uh, it was Bronson Arroyo for the Reds versus uh, Glendon Rush for the Cubs. Oh, okay. Glendon Rush, one of my favorite like bad Cubs. Yeah, he, he was, could hit. He could hit though, if I yeah, remember him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was a funny guy too. Um, and so uh, they, those two had. Uh, Faced off of each other in like uh, consecutive starts, basically, one in Cincinnati and one in Chicago. So, what happened was in the first game in Cincinnati, Bronson Arroyo took Glendon Rush deep, okay, in that game. I, did, I looked it up and I didn't see how many home runs uh, Arroyo had for his career, but it couldn't have been many. Um, and so he uh, took Glendon Rush deep um, in, uh, in Cincinnati, and then they came back to Chicago, and I think Glendon Rush ended up like ripping like a double off of uh, um, Arroyo and uh, then a Royal came up and hit a homer off of Glendon Rush. Oh, so wow. it was kind of cool. Like, like a, a Royal basically hit uh, homer, two homers off of Glendon Rush in consecutive starts. Wow. So I saw that. I saw like the second half of that. I'm sure that hasn't happened very often. No, I don't think so. And like, you know, and the Cubs lost, but it was, it was uh, still kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I
0: remember uh, Glendon Rush. Uh, what Was he also on the Mets and maybe the Brewers as well? Didn't he spend some time yeah, on um, both of those? Yeah, games? I think
1: so. In the Roy- I think he came up with the Royals. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I think he was I, I I think he played in the majors with the Royals. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, all those teams, yeah. Okay.
0: Sure. Um well that's that's cool. Um I uh, I also uh, I don't believe live that I've ever seen a steal of home.
1: Yeah, no. That that one I haven't have not seen. Yeah, it's not on my bucket list, but uh yeah, that that would obviously be awesome.
0: Yeah, I've seen an attempted steal of home. Uh uh it was by the Reds in that game that Simon and uh, Chase Anderson uh, got into it. Okay. I can't remember i gonna have to. This is another thing I'm gonna have to get back to you guys on. I can't remember who for the Reds, uh, uh, tried to
1: steal home. Yeah.
0: Uh, but it was um, that was a forgettable Reds team, so that's understandable. I think. Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. Um, you know, and just a couple more like uh, obvious ones like um, a game seven would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Triple play would be right. cool to see. Right. Um, <laughs> I wrote this one down just for yucks, but uh, I'd like to see more a Mor- Morgana or a Morgana type. Do you know? Do you have any idea who Morgana is? Uh, you'll have to elaborate on that one. Morgana was a woman who would run out on the field in like the '70s and '80s, who had like uh, an ample bust line, okay. uh-huh. and like, a, and she she was just like this like serial like runner on the field person. Yeah, and she was like she so she was like a babe like in the '70s or '80s terms, with like this like tight t shirt and like ample bosom okay uh-huh. <laughs> and she would run on the field so she would run from yeah. like short like shallow left field like yeah. she would jump like from the stands onto the field and just run out and like kiss the pitcher really yeah you gotta okay. look this up i mean yeah. this is the thing that I've happened. i've never seen i've never heard of this this there was, is amazing there's a cl- like, and she was like known around the league and like she could just pop up at any time wow and like i don't know if she did it like to like players based on their talent or based on their looks but there was a classic one where she ran out to like Nolan Ryan, yeah, I think Nolan Ryan was on the. Uh, I can't remember if he was on the Astros or the or the Rangers at this point, but like he saw her coming and he just like put his arms out and like you know he's like come here, baby or something. Yeah, and, like, she gave him like a, a kiss and a hug or whatever. Oh, but wow. she would like just run out and like kiss the pitcher and then run and like they take her off, but they wouldn't tackle her. Yeah, she so, was like,
0: not prosecuted to
1: the fullest extent of no, the law. No, I don't think so. Uh huh. So like um you know in these post nine eleven days this it would not happen, but um you know. I could imagine, like, if we were doing this podcast, like, whatever, like, 30 years ago or <laughs> uh-huh. something, we'd be like, oh, yeah, it'd be great to see Morgana. Attica. Yeah, yeah. And
0: so this was, uh, she would go to different cities?
1: Yeah, she would just pop up, oh. like, randomly. I don't know if she had, like, certain guys that she, like, you know, was into or whatever. Yeah. But, like... And this is a kind of a weird thing to explain to, like, uh, you know, a seven-year-old boy, like, right? What what the deal is, but like, yeah, yeah, she would just show up randomly. Like, I'll, I'm sure there's tons of video yes. online. so oh, we'll, yeah. we'll post it. But sure,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting, and a good thing that Nolan Ryan didn't give her the uh, uh, Robin Ventura treatment. Yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, noogies. um uh, man noogies. So I think that about uh, does it for my bucket list, Jeremy. And triple play is a good call too. Yeah, I, for uh, sure. I didn't put that one on okay. there. Uh, but um, were there any others on yours? And mine, yeah, a Brewers World Series game uh, at Miller Park would, would have been mine uh, yeah. on mine as well. Yeah, for uh, sure. But, yeah. I, uh, I
1: don't have anything more on okay. my list, but I have a couple of things that I have seen that would have been on my list. Okay. So we can run those down yeah. really quick. Uh, yeah, This is Jeremy's brag corner, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, A home run on first pitch seen in the majors. Okay. I saw that with Wilson Contreras in 2016. Okay. Right, yeah. Um, The very first pitch, not even the first at bat, but the very first pitch he saw, he hit a homer. Wow. So that was very cool to see. Yeah. Um, I saw a 500-foot-plus home run. uh, That would have been on my list. Uh, Sammy Sosa hit one on my birthday in, like, 2004, I believe. Wow, okay. Now, this is something that, like, has stood with me um, for, like, since then – But, like, you can't find video of it anywhere. Like, you Google, like, longest home runs ever hit. It was 524 feet, if I remember correctly. Wow, that's a bomb. Yeah, and it landed on Kenmore Avenue. Now, if you look up, like, Kenmore Avenue and Cubs and Ballhawks and stuff, like, there were guys in the 70s who used to camp out. And, like, they say that Dave Kingman hit the longest homer in Wrigley. And it went, like, three houses down. Um, So it went completely over Wayland. It went over Waveland onto that side street, and, like, people, like, they marked it with, like, an X where it landed yeah. and stuff. But I tell you, the Sosa Homer had to have been within, like, 10, 15 feet of whatever Kingman's was. Yeah. And it was it was the craziest thing I ever saw. Obviously, it's tainted by the steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, like, I, that's one thing where it's, like, it was so amazing to see live that... I, steroids be damned. It was just cool to see. Sure. This ball went so far. It was like a sweltering night, uh, June 24th, 2004, I believe is when it was so, like, I would love to just see video of this. I just want to see video of it. Cause I want to see how it looked on TV, but it just, I, I was sitting on the, down the right field line in the bleach or in the upper deck. So I had a great angle on it and it just, I saw the, the line of it go out and it was like the coolest thing It was one of the the coolest things I've ever seen in baseball, for wow, sure. Wow, so very cool. 500-foot-plus homer. Um, inside the park homer.
0: Oh, that was another one I was going to yeah. add on there. I've, so, I've never seen an inside the park home run. So,
1: that was, I put it on my list, and I'm like, wait, I saw one. Yeah. I saw one in minor league. I saw one at the Kane County Cougars. Oh, cool. So, I'll count it. It's not professional. Like, the guy probably who, like, it went by in the outfield probably isn't playing anymore. <laughs> but uh, Jacob Hanneman was a player on the uh, Kane County Cougars when they were a Cubs affiliate. It was actually... Um, in Kyle Schwarber's first game in A-ball um, with uh, the Kane County Cougars uh, I went out there to see the game and they had a guy, Jacob Hanneman, who ended up getting a cup uh, in the majors uh, with the uh, Seattle Mariners I believe. Okay. Um, and I think he's still playing. I think he's, he might even be in the Cubs he, went, he left the Cubs system and came back to the Cubs system, but I think he's still playing but he hit a two run inside the park homer um, so that was pretty cool to see uh, in person And then um, I think the coolest thing that I've seen that, like, I didn't know was a thing until years later uh, was I saw an immaculate inning. Right. So an immaculate inning is when a pitcher strikes out the side on nine pitches. Um, And so I was – this is one of my first, like, travels to see a game. I went to – I I did a road trip with my friend, and we hit uh, Yankee Stadium and Fenway on the same trip. So this is 2002 – um, I saw Pedro Martinez throw a immaculate inning in the top of the first um, against the Seattle Mariners, and the three batters he faced in that inning were Ichiro, uh, Mark McLemore, and Ruben Sierra. Wow. So Ruben I, Sierra. I, wow. Yeah, yeah. So Last totally. from the past. Yeah. So I think, like, not only is that cool, it was cool that it was Pedro, but it was also cool that Ichiro was one of those guys, because uh-huh. like, Ichiro at that point was like – you know, probably, he probably hit like 320, 330 yeah. that season. Yeah. And yeah. he's a tough guy to strike out. Yeah, for sure, especially on three pitches. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, he, he struck out like um, uh, the side on nine pitches, all strikes. Um, and uh, that's another thing you can go on Wikipedia and look at the list of immaculate innings. It's like, so I just re- always remember that he did that. And then, like, years later, I'm like, I wonder if that's a thing. And I, like, Googled, like, striking out the side on nine pitches. And, like, it was, like, Immaculate Inning. And then, like, there's a list on, uh, there's an entry on Wikipedia. And you can see all these. And I'm like, whoa, I saw Immaculate Inning. I didn't know it until, like, 10, 11 years after the fact. Right, right. There you go. So that's, nice. That's my list. Yeah, yeah
0: I uh, w- we should eventually just have a, a section of our podcast just called bragging about like st- <laughs> you know stuff that we uh, that we did. Yeah. I uh, I did see a, a Hall of Famer hit his last career home run. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, it was Ozzy Smith. Okay. Not known for his home runs, but yeah. uh, my dad took me to a game down in St. Louis, and uh, yeah, Smith hit. A, he went deep. Uh, oddly enough, in that game, uh, I remembered like some there were some fans like bowing. Uh, when he when he hit it or yeah. whatever this must have been in August so I mean he probably only had one or two home runs that year he did not have many for his career yeah. but uh yeah I did get to see him hit his last career home run that's cool. um do you, also, how,
1: do you know how many he hit for his career I you know, know
0: I looked it up and uh it, it was really not many I don't think it was any more than like 30 maybe maybe not even more than 20 but um yeah, so cute. it was a really rare thing and I think I, I did I did some very um brief math on it and it was like you know there was like a. oh one percent chance that I would have seen him hit a home run if you just divide his home runs by his number of uh, plate appearances. Yeah, right. Um, so it was pretty crazy that I saw him hit one. Um, you know, that's not exactly like seeing you know Aaron's last home run. Um, yeah, right. Uh, when he hit it with the Brewers, but it was it was cool nonetheless. Um, another thing that I think is cool that, um, I've seen, and Jeremy and I were actually at this game is to see the number one prospect in baseball, make his major league debut. Um, oh, yeah. I assume that Bryant was the number one prospect in baseball at the time he made his debut. Was yeah, he? I would have, he? I mean, I would assume, he had to have been, um, so, for a guy yeah. who hit 40 home runs the year before. Uh, so, you know, that's really cool, and that's another thing where, you know, maybe years down the road from now, if Bryant stays healthy and continues to do what he's doing, it's like we may have seen a, a Hall of Famer make his major league debut, yeah, which is exa- pretty cool. Yeah,
1: we'll te- check back in, uh, you, you know. know, 15 years for that <laughs> or whatever, Uh we'll, be still, we'll still be doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's, that would be very cool. But, yeah, definitely, it was cool to see his debut for sure. Um,
0: so, yeah, I think that's going to uh, just about wrap things up. I yeah. had one, uh, one real quick but one real easy uh, baseball autocorrect. Jeremy, I think you'll get this Ooh. one right away. Okay. But the baseball autocorrect is Jared Kleenex. <laughs> uh,
1: Jared Kendall? Oh, no, Jared. Jared. Oh, Jared Kelinek. Yeah, so okay. I yeah. was,
0: I was like, okay, so you know, if you are ever gonna text his name to me, just beware that it's gonna autocorrect to Kleenex. He's um,
1: a Jared Kleenex. I yeah,
0: like yeah, I feel like Allergies Man uh, would like, you know, from last week would yeah. uh, would be a fan of that guy. Wow,
1: Wisconsin. <laughs> Climax allergies—it's all lining up for the, for those two to for a match made in heaven. Wow. Okay, well, uh, on that note, yeah. Yes. So,
0: so next week, um, we're gonna we're planning to go to the game on Monday, June eleventh. It's going to be Indians versus White Sox at Guaranteed Rate Field. Yeah. Um, uh, as of right now, it looks like Corey Kluber might be due to pitch in that game, so we might get to see that.
1: Yeah, and if we get to see that, we'll definitely see a White Sox loss. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> um, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll next time we check in we'll be a recap of that game so
0: all right well thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time all right Bye bye